liquid dessert. Liquid dessert. Mm -hmm. Liquid gold. A podcast all about beverage on the We Own This Town network. Wine, whiskey, well tequila, and everything in between. We're back on Liquid Gold, and it's a very special holiday episode, as we've had many over the years, but we've never quite covered this subsection of Americana and these uh, very special, often ice cream flavored, ice cream flecked, or just heavy cream flecked, heavy cream addled, I guess you could say, uh, dessert drinks that we're going to talk about. We're talking about today... The Wisconsin Supper Club and the drinks specifically of the Wisconsin Supper Club. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good night. My name's Mike Wolf, your host today, along with... I'm Kenneth Dedman. Kenneth, how are you today? I'm I'm great. Great. It's good to see you. Great to see you. How often, let me ask you, how often are you making, say, a Brandy Alexander, a Grasshopper, a Pink Squirrel, which I know is probably hardly at all. Last night I worked a private party and they were all um, folks from Michigan and Wisconsin. Oh, that's perfect. It, I thought I was. That's, Fresh that's on how your I mind. Know, no, that's how I know that we live in like some sort of like matrix or some shit because like there were like 10 folks and they were all ordering like, uh, we're from Wisconsin. We want to freaking, you know, like our kind of old fashioned. Luckily, I like, uh, I was hip to it. Um, I made it wrong to start okay you made some brandy old fashions for him yeah yeah i did i did which is what we're drinking right now. i knew to make them exactly like this the ones that we're drinking right now are exactly how i started making Mm -hmm. and they kept on correcting me (laughs) but they were cool it was all cool because like uh it was like some like uh they were all defense contract people like uh they're and always ending up in that room at Husk, aren't they? It's weird, man. Like people uh, who run the world. They were all like young, and uh, they were cool. They're just like uh, they wanted their their brandy old fashions like a lot sweeter, hmm. sweeter, sweet. I kept on making them more and more sweet. This one in all different <laughs> manners of sweet. This one dude was taking like an entire ounce of uh, simple, simple syrup. syrup. Wow, it was blowing me away. We're you using uh, like Copper and Kings. What kind of brandy were you using? Uh, Laird's Apple. Oh wow! Yeah. Were they pissed about that? No. No, they were into it. Okay. No, they were into it. Um, they were doing a um, like a murder mystery dinner, and it's the first time I'd experienced anything like that. Well, so yeah, uh, we have yeah. an authority on the subject, and she's made us some lovely brandy, old fashioned Wisconsin Wisconsin style old fashions. Mm-hmm. We have. Rachel Ramirez, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Rachel is our beverage lead at Nelson Screenbriar Distillery and has been there for a really long time making all kinds of beautiful beverages and frozen old fashions. That's one of your your big ones. That That is the specialty. The frozen drinks is a big, big hit. Uh, cold fashions are on the menu every day. The cold fashion. So how many cold fashion, how many gallons do you think you've made? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the hundreds of oh, thousands goodness. probably maybe not hundreds of thousands <laughs> but yeah we've got to be up in the thousands by now yeah well come see come see rachel come see us at nelson's Greenbrier. she's making some amazing drinks over there what's what's one that you just recently put on the menu that you're excited about because there's been a handful of new ones recently Ooh, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been moving our seasonal ones on to uh of our fall and winter drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
One that I am really loving right now is called Lost in New York, and it mm. is our festive New York sour. Uh, so instead of a classic red wine float, uh, we did a mold wine mm-hmm. to mix in with the drink, and it just kind of brings all of those fun Christmas spices into the mix. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but you made for us some brandy old fashions. Mm-hmm. You've got family from Wisconsin. You're from the upper Midwest. Yeah, I grew up in uh, northern Illinois, uh, but it. a lot of my family is in Wisconsin. Where, right. where, in, uh, where in northern Illinois? I grew up in Dixon, about two hours west of Chicago. Okay. Is that near... Uh, P- my, my, my parents lived in Peoria. Is uh, that, is that north of ballpark? Peoria, yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you know where, like, Rockford I know that name. Yeah, closer to there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, about an hour-ish, hour and a half south of Wisconsin, so always went there for family reunions and gatherings, and the uh, brandy old-fashioned is kind of the the drink staple for the adults. That's the one. Mm -hmm. So tell us how you made this one today. This is good. This is like a party in the grass. Yeah. (laughs) So we used the uh, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery Brandy, which was newly created for uh, the bar program. Mm -hmm. which is fun after many years of just focusing on whiskey, getting uh, to play with some other spirits as well. For sure. Uh, but this, we started off muddling uh, orange, cherry, uh, Angostura bitters, uh, added in some of the uh, syrup from the Luxardo cherries. Nice. And uh, added the brandy, stirred all of that together, and then we did a sour variation. So okay. you get a choice yep. with your brandy old fashioned. Okay. It can be made... Sweet, sour, or uh, press would be another variation. Uh, sweet, you're topping that with 7-Up. Okay. Sour, which is what we've, we're sipping on here, we would top that with Squirt. Oh, love that. It's kind of a fun one. We're big fans of Squirt's Squirt. Great. Right? Yeah. yeah, big fans of Squirt on the show here. That's how we make our Palomas. See, that would be that would be more of my go-to cocktail with the... Uh, with that particular soda, but it is fun in this. And you can also do a press, which would be like a 50-50 mix of 7-Up and uh, just regular soda water. Oh, wow. So that just like thins it out, makes it a little cleaner, a little lighter, maybe not as sweet. Kind of makes it a little more of like a, well, I guess all of these would be a little more of like a daytime sipper, call it like more of like your uh, porch pounder. Okay, like you're mm-hmm. grilling, do the yeah. press. Okay, that sounds great. Um, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for making these, Rachel. Yeah. Really tasty. Um, yeah. And we have the red solo cup, <laughs> which you told me that's a, authentic. Right? I said that's totally a thing. So, you know, if you're, you're up at, you know, big family gatherings, you don't want to be washing dishes, just drink your old fashions out of a red solo cup. So getting into a little bit here about the uh, supper club and why this is such a big deal. Up in the Midwest, they still have all these restaurants that are called supper clubs. There's a whole culture around it. There's often entertainment. There's a band. People will dance. What's cool for our uh, in our world here at Liquid Gold is so much of the supper club culture begins and ends at the bar. So I love that about it. But there was there's a really cool documentary, if you want to learn more about this, um, called Old Fashioned. And it's all about the history of the Wisconsin Supper Club. So you can find that online. So look out for that. It's called Old Fashioned. And there's been some cool stories about the uh, and interviews with the director there. And I'm just going to throw it to her. Her quote about like what is exactly a supper club. 
She said, uh, usually an independently owned restaurant, usually in a rural location that is only open for supper and the menu is very limited. It's mostly surf and turf and the food is mainly homemade. It's usually a destination type of restaurant. And when you go to the supper club to have the experience, what she talks about here is that it's uh, it, it's an experience. You're there for the evening. Sometimes there'll be Green Bay Packer decor around. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them have like a log cabin feel and kind of a North Woodsy kind of feel, which is interesting because I worked at a place. The, my, my first job in restaurants, if you don't count the snack shack, which I would get in the weeds at the snack shack. But one of my first jobs was at a steakhouse called the North Woods Inn. And it was throw your peanut shells on the floor, very supper club, sizzling steaks on hot cast iron platters, a soup course, a salad course, Mm -hmm. not one or the other. Like we talked about that. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. And then we would have like fried shrimp. Um, So it kind of had that Northwoods vibe. Uh, One of the original owners was from uh, way up north, I think in Minnesota. Can you tell me about the, the relish tray? Yeah, that is something that is, I would say, fallen a little more out of vogue in recent years. Uh, that's replaced a little more with, like, a salad bar okay, as part of a course. But the relish tray would be, like, an appetizer before the actual appetizers. Gotcha. So you're getting, like, your vegetables, they can be fresh or pickled, uh, different dips, uh, sauces, things like that. Creamy cucumber mm-hmm. dip. That's one. Uh, pickled herring sometimes. Yep. Uh, Pickled asparagus, uh, sometimes a house like liver pate, I guess is All about par- is that, part of yeah. some of it. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds amazing. And then, uh, which we're going to talk about in a little while, the the really cool way to finish off a supper club experience is with not necessarily dessert all the time, but like with a dessert drink, liquid dessert, liquid dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be our brandy Alexander's, the grasshopper, and the pink squirrel. We're going to talk about all those today along with this uh, brandy old-fashioned. I think it's amazing that we're calling one with squirt sour. Oh, I know. Because <laughs> squirt has a lot of sugar. Um, so what does this, what does kind of the supper club culture and everything like mean to your family? It's like still a thing that, that they go out and do? Is it still like a thing? I mean, I think the idea of supper club in general is just this like community gathering I mean, that's more of like, it's more the feel of it than anything else. You're not just going to a restaurant. You are going to a destination and you're spending the whole evening there and you will probably see other members of the community in there. So it's kind of just that really nice, um, all-inclusive community feel. Uh, Like I grew up in a home that really prioritized we sit down to dinner every day. Like Mm -hmm. that is a really crucial part of the day Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that especially in our world now there's just so much disconnect yeah and i think that's part of why these supper clubs are still in existence um it's not something that's seen like super prevalent across the country but there's Mm -hmm. still like 250 i think just in wisconsin wow and there's other that's good you brought the facts there's other other restaurants like that in other states they just might not call themselves supper clubs so i watched a little bit of that old-fashioned uh supper club movie and i think what's amazing about a lot of these places they're they look like uh straight out of the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. with their the, the decor the old neon sign but they also look really well kept up and like you can tell they're big pillars in the community because like 
they haven't decayed or anything. They're they're still super nice places with like mm-hmm. nice bars. Uh, op- some of them have like open dance floors and stages and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that like independently owned is also like key there as well. Like these are family establishments that people are really taking care of, and you also see that sometimes in like the hours open too. Like you know, if somebody wants to go on vacation, well, all right, we're going to close this down for a week. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> That's cool. And getting back to the 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 brandy old fashioned, I know that the way the way a lot of it started was just cheap because you had cheap brandy around mm-hmm. to to in order to make the brandy like taste a little bit better, they just started adding things to it to to make it not necessarily old fashioned that people were used to, which was like bitters, a little bit of sugar, and whatever you're drinking. Um, the brandy had like quite a bite to it. And so that's why they started adding like the fruit and the sugar and soda water and just like to make it more palatable. And then as the brandy got better, uh, we talked about what was it? Corbell at the world's fair. Yeah. So there's two, there's two different theories Mm -hmm. surrounding why this is so popular. Uh, one of them is that Corbell had a showing at the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. And so the German immigrants in Wisconsin were coming down to that fair and they're tasting this brandy and they're like, so my God, what is this? We want to drink all of this. Yeah. And and even today, uh, Wisconsin accounts for like half of Corbell's sales or something wow. like something crazy like that. Hmm, that's amazing. But the other uh, theory that was dug up was that Post-World War II, you know, there's not a whole lot of good whiskey. Grain is being used for other purposes. So mm-hmm. Wisconsin state distributors had brought in some, like, crazy amount of, like, I want to say, like, upwards of 30,000 cases of Christian Brothers brandy uh-huh. into Wisconsin. So then they had a choice of, well, do we drink bad whiskey or good brandy? Okay. And so that's how that started to catch on. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. They're um they're currently uh, tongue in cheek bill in the Wisconsin uh, state uh, legislature. It did. It, yeah. Oh yeah, the official it made mid, it the official cocktail. Yeah. Mid, yeah. Mid November, it officially became yeah the official cocktail of Wisconsin. That's why we had to do this. It's now official, passed into law. Like, they don't have better things to do. They're like, hmm, a brand new old-fashioned? Yeah, fit it in. You know what? Yeah, it's been like, like decades of this. Why don't we just put it into They're probably not banning as many books up there, though, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but totally, the um, the World War II theory, I think, is probably, like, the, the, the correct one. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, the whole United States was drinking them that way during the war. And then, as whiskey was, uh, production caught up, Wisconsin was the only was the only area that just stuck with it. That's so. They're yeah, just gonna dig it's, their it's, heels it's, in. It's, it's a, a no brainer <laughs> to like to make it the, the official state cocktail. Mm-hmm. No brainer. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So when we uh, so Coochie and Keller opened, which was a very Wisconsin forward restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was German Polish. Uh, it was Aaron um, from originally from City House, who now does Bill's Sandwich Palace, which okay. is incredible. If you haven't checked that out in Nashville, check that out. The sandwiches are so good. Amazing. They're right there off 16th in East Nashville. Aaron's super talented, but he brought a, a really amazing like Wisconsin vibe uh, to that restaurant. And it was really special, very beer centric. They had a a tap. So we had like 
25 taps on the wall mm-hmm. with all these cool beers they were getting from all over. They were working with Rhizome and getting amazing beers brought in. And then if you turn the corner, there was one tap that had a red curtain. And like you'd have to pull the curtain back when we were open and go over to this one and and pull it and pour a beer. What beer do you think that was? Oh, I don't know, actually. The champagne. Is that beers. beautiful? <laughs> I was so hoping was... that was what you would say. <laughs> Probably would have been New Glarus <laughs> if they could have gotten it, but well, yeah. Um, and I think they did get some some of that for uh, for the events. But what we had on tap was a brandy old fashioned, um, nice that that they made in the in the Wisconsin style. But they were making like you know lemon uh, lemon peel cordials, lime peel cordials, making different orange stuff, th- throwing that in there, throwing the <laughs> cherry juice in. So they were making a version that you could like tap, and we went through quite a lot of it what did they do for garnishes we really haven't touched on that yet uh so for garnish we did i think we just did orange and cherry mm-hmm. um so talk to me about which the garnish is, yeah which is what i put in mm-hmm. ours today we did a little orange and cherry flag mm-hmm. but we can also get kind of crazy with this um, okay let's go there. this is not something that i've ever actually seen happen but i keep reading recipes for these old fashions to be garnished with olives pickled onions, uh, pickled Brussels sprouts has popped up. I dug into this when I had a guest uh, a few years back come into the bar. I will never forget like how she said this. She goes, oh, well, I just prefer my whiskey sours to be more like old fashions because I like olives. And I stopped. (laughs) I stopped what I was doing. I'm like, okay, I got to go serve this like party of six over here. But then I'm going to come back and we're going to dissect that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to diagram it on a board. We're going to figure out what on earth you're talking yeah. about. Sight. <laughs> what you're, where, where did you, so yeah, where did you learn Apparently, <laughs> apparently that's a thing. Wow. And then I started reading more. Like I said, I've never actually seen that happen, but. Mm. So the garnish. a little crazy with the garnish. Man, mm-hmm. that is wild. Basically just take your bloody garnishes and put them on an old fashioned, I guess. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> what that does to your brain. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So I know it's supposed to be limited, but we're also like Americans. So we got to like think of a million things too. Oh yeah. Um, So you're going to have all the courses and you're going to want to bring a doggy bag. (laughs) I found a really good rundown of 40 things that you might find at various supper Beautiful. All right. And number one, brandy old fashioned. Mm -hmm. Sweet. That's what (laughs) they'd note that it's sweet. Um, And they have a, they have a recipe for a frozen brandy old fashioned, which I'm I imagine you've done at some point, but or will in the future. Well, now I just want to like haul one of our machines up there and be like, let's do a taste off. We should also mention that we're in the process of convincing, (laughs) convincing our chef to do a supper club night so we can make all these ice cream drinks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. Beef steaks with blue cheese. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Sometimes they would put croutons or tater tots on top or something. Wow. That's crazy. Wedge salad. Classic. Wedge salad, blue cheese. Garlic butter steak. So you make like a steak, put some butter and I love that there's like three steak things. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm also surprised 40. that we're calling out the blue cheese dressing, though, and not ranch. Hmm. Okay. Could be uh, could be an option for could one of be. them. <laughs> uh, shrimp cocktail. That's mm-hmm. a big one. Uh, classic French onion soup. The broiled lobster tail. See that one in a lot of uh, supper club stuff. The beef tenderloin with mushroom sauce. Caesar salad, yeah. classic creme brulee, some horseradish deviled eggs, lemon batter fish, mm. uh, chocolate lava cake, salt encrusted prime rib, uh, lemon garlic mushrooms, 
Merlot, filet mignon. Interesting. Uh, quick cream of mushroom. Quick mer- cream of mushroom two soup. Things or the merlots uh, yeah, yeah. going with. <laughs> Those are two things together. Merlot. Okay. Also, it's a merlot boy. <laughs> Just a course of merlot. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the grasshopper, which we're mm-hmm. gonna get into. The cast iron skillet steak. Love that. Uh, mashed red potatoes, specifically the red. Traditional cheesecake, onion rings, savory stuffed pork chops, basil buttered steaks with roasted potato, grilled lamb with mint pepper jelly. That's classic mid-century Americana. Bloody Marys, I guess, are part of some like more morning-centric gatherings. Honeyed walleye, mm-hmm. stuffed mushrooms, grilled lobster tail, more spice, more crusted steaks, spice crusted steak with cherry sauce. Woo! That ties into the brandy old-fashioned nice, nicely. Uh, grilled salmon fillet, brandy slush for the hot Wisconsin <laughs> summer <laughs> supper clubs. Amazing. Um, I would call that more, more of a shrimp. Christmas drink for me. Yeah. So that was okay. That's not a drink that I've ever had in a bar or a restaurant, uh, but my grandmother would make it every holiday season, and very very delicious. Um, it's really just your brandy, lemon, orange. Uh, there's tea in there. I think she usually used uh, green tea for that, mm. but you put it in a big. Uh, ice cream bucket so then you're just scooping it out into probably red solo cups and uh topping it with seven up amazing it's quite delicious that sounds pretty good wowza let's talk about some of these uh dessert drinks so the idea is that you would have relish tray you'd have maybe the the past apps and stuff you would be having a brandy old-fashioned to start and then you might sit down to dinner and have like a wedge salad and then a soup course then you're going to get into the steak maybe the surf and turf and then at dessert, it's time to go back to the bar. And that's where you're going to have a Brandy Alexander, mm-hmm. maybe a Grasshopper, maybe a Pink Squirrel. We're going to get into these three drinks because uh, these are these are really, really interesting. And now they are sweet, but they're super delicious. So Brandy Alexander, ever had one at the Peabody, Kenneth? Do you know the story of the Peabody and the... Uh, No, no. It's just like their signature, kind of their signature cocktail in that main lobby where the ducks come through twice a day. I've always beelined to the room. I've never, never had a drink or dinner, like actually in the hotel. They're pretty delicious there. So if you need one here in the state of Tennessee at the Peabody in Memphis. (laughs) So this was a popular cocktail back in the 60s and 70s. It's basically just a, a mixture of brandy, uh, creme de cacao and cream or ice cream. And it goes back to 1916. There's a book, Recipes for Mixed Drinks, by Hugo Enslin. According to uh, historian Barry Popick, this drink comes from the Hotel Rector, which was uh, one of the premier pre-prohibition lobster joints in New York City. There was a bartender there named Troy Alexander who concocted this drink that they were going to serve. They needed a white drink to serve at a dinner which was celebrating Phoebe Snow. Not Phoebe Snow the singer. Phoebe Snow was a fictitious character which was used in an advertising campaign for uh, some railroads, the Delaware, Lackawanna, and Western Railroads. And the company wanted to get the message across that it powered its locomotives with anthracite, (laughs) which sounds not good. But uh, they powered their locomotives with anthracite, which was a clean-burning variety of coal. The ads emphasize that uh, by showing Miss Snow 
traveling while wearing a snow white dress. So he created this drink that was gin, creme de cacao, and cream. Gin was super popular at the time. And then uh, started making it with brandy. It started to take off. They would call it the Alexander Number no. 2. And then later it just became so popular that the Brandy Alexander just became like the Alexander. If you want to make a professional, relatively strong version of this, that they might not be going this strong at the supper clubs, but you could do one and a half ounces of brandy, an ounce or so of, of uh, creme de cacao, and one ounce of cream. You could uh, blend that up. You could shake that up, strain it into a, a cocktail glass. Uh, you could also blend it, put it in a coupe, and then you garnish that with freshly grated nutmeg. So we're gonna make we're gonna make these with some uh, local soft serve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grab the brandy and the nutmeg real quick. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I've always made it with an egg white. So I've saw that as a variation. I've never made it that way. I first had it just as a blended like ice cream drink. Never um, made it with ice to, cream. So I used to work at um, my first job out of college was in a dinner theater. And they would make and they would make all of these dessert drinks: the Brandy Alexander, the Grasshopper, and the. And Pink you were Squirrel. making drinks, or you were dinner I theater. I was not. I was a singing, dancing waitress at that time. Oh, that's sick. Um, I'm going to say dancing in finger quotes, because um, that was never my uh, never my strong point. <laughs> were you dancing like? On the bar? So we would... <laughs> clogging? So Were you we clogging? Do, I should have clogged. Um, <laughs> so we would actually do a little uh, pre-show review. So like the whole performing wait staff, we'd have our own like 15-minute show before the show that people actually wanted to yeah, come see. Yeah, I get it. It's like, welcome. <laughs> exactly. Welcome. It's time to eat your dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Ken. <laughs> you write that? <laughs> Very good. No, I'm start just our like own dinner totally imagining like I got a song and dance like whole like I just designed a restaurant in my head with staff running up and down the aisles singing. I mean, amazing. Listen, it's a dying breed. We need more dinner theaters. This one, I, they're still in business, I believe, uh, but they had been operating for well over thirty years at this point. I worked a. Um, there was this uh, restaurant in Franklin, Tennessee, in some strip mall, like unassuming sort of thing, um, that apparently did kind of that thing. And uh, they hired me to do a wet, like a like a really high end wedding, because mm-hmm. um, they were catering that wedding, and the staff had like all this stuff prepared. And, like I was the only employee or the person there working the wedding that was not <laughs> in the know of what they do, and like. Yeah, they totally did this whole thing where they were like kind of jogging like in unison in two different groups around the <laughs> wedding party and like uh, get, get, getting everyone clapping, you know? Like, it's like being uh, caught in a flash and, mob and you don't know what's going on. And they all turned to me and they're like, come on. I'm like, no. Oh my God. So I just like kind of just sunk down behind the bar <laughs> uh, and, until they're like, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was a thing. Until that thing was over. Imagine like, uh, you know, like uh, you have like a dance floor and no one's dancing. So you hire people to go onto the dance floor until people are dancing. Somewhat of that. Somewhat like that. You could see that vibe. (laughs) (laughs) These awkward moments. Like, you know, I find my way into them. Easy. (laughs) 
I feel like when you work behind a bar, it just kind of like comes to you though. All right, we have our Brandy Alexanders. I've, I've put those together here on the table as best I could. And Good the key, job, Mike. The key is beautiful. shaving shaving the nutmeg on top. Um, and I, I go back to your, uh, when we were talking about grading cinnamon, like on a drink, uh, on a recent pod, maybe yeah. the last one of the one before you, it stuck in my head because you're like, remember, you're not feeding a family with the cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> and so don't don't overgrate, right? You don't want yeah. to overgrate. No, with no. nutmeg, you can or with uh yeah, with eggnog and nutmeg, you can grate a fair amount. But I loved that you're not feeding your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like it honestly like uh, it's got a lot of flavor. Like sometimes you don't even Cheers. 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 Let's try the brandy. Really? Mm-hmm. The brandy Alexander. So our post dinner drink. Yeah, that's pretty good. See, and that's probably stronger than uh, they would be at the supper club. But you can see that the alcohol can hide. Mm-hmm. You put a little creme de cacao and some cream or ice cream in there. Oh yeah, and that brandy's gonna like fade off into the sunset in a really nice way. That's some quality soft serve we got here. Only the finest. <laughs> yeah, cream's kind of like a booze-proof vest or something like that. Booze-proof vest. That's good. We've got to give a shout to Tempest Fugit. They're not sponsoring or anything, but they did do considerable work to revive some of these uh, Wisconsin Supper Club liqueurs that you can really, uh, before this, you could really only find them in the uh, like the bottom shelf of the liqueur section. Really cheap and really uh, not good. A lot of artificial sweeteners. So they took the liberties to work really hard on making creme de menthe, Creme de Noyou, uh, creme de cacao. And they've also got a banana one. So shout out to them. That's what we're using for these. And they make delicious uh, dessert drinks. So this would be great for uh, your holiday cocktail soiree. Make up some Brandy Alexanders. And it's 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 super easy because it's not that many ingredients and not that hard to make. What do you love about the Brandy Alexander, Kenneth? Um, I wasn't prepared for that question, Mike. <laughs> um, I like it. I like it. This is probably—I mean, I've made more than I've drinking. Mm-hmm. This is probably like the fourth one I've had in my life. Yeah, super good. How many have you made? Many of these in your time, Rachel? Kind of like Kenneth, I've probably made more than I've consumed. Yeah. So it's not something that like we get a ton of requests for, but I feel around this time of year it does come up. Yeah. So how did you get into the beverage world and everything? And how? So we talked about the dinner theater, and you got mm-hmm. your start there. But uh, had you always like had a passion for beverages and cocktails and stuff, or how did what was the jumping off point for you? No, I fell into it more in a little more when we finally moved to Nashville. So we were in Chicago before that for a long time, and I worked in theater, uh, mostly wor- focusing on directing, uh, new work development, producing. None of those things make you money. So I always mm-hmm. had a day job in hospitality like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, though, I was doing mostly admin work for hospitality companies. So I started learning a little bit there. Um, that's also how I learned that the uh, old fashioned was typically made with whiskey and not brandy. Oh, yeah. I was embarrassing story, but I was making uh, menu formatting and I saw that the old fashioned was listed with bourbon and I was like, go to the beverage director. Hey, is this is this right? Is this a thing? You know, 23-year-old Rachel didn't know. <laughs> wow, yeah. Thankfully, he was just like, "No, no, that's a that's a thing." 
go learn about it. <laughs> and so when we eventually moved to Nashville, I kind of said, I never want to sit behind a desk again. And so far, haven't done that a whole lot. Nice. Uh, started serving. And I was uh, serving actually at Pinewood Social and working under uh, Matt Toko. Yeah. And oh, started learning a lot from that program. And even the idea then of actually bartending hadn't uh, hadn't really like come across my mind as an option. Uh, and one of my managers was like, hey, you're clearly kind of bored. Do you yeah. want to try? Try this. And at first I was like, no, dude, I'm way too clumsy, way too clumsy to even like attempt this. I make a mess of everything. And then like three days later, I was like, you know what? Let's try. Nice. Let's try it. And yeah, just kind of kept learning and working on it from there. Very cool. Uh, what would you say is like your drink in terms of like your favorite drink and something you might make, make it home or something that you look forward to, even if it's just crushing marks? Either a Manhattan or a martini. Yeah. Depends on which spirit I'm in the mood for, but definitely something boozy and stirred. Um, but I would say most often at home, 50-50 martini. Can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll have to check out our martini uh, episode. It was our last episode. You fancy a martini? Yeah, Jeremiah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who didn't check that out, check that out. Uh, Head over to liquidgold.show and check out all the old episodes from the archives, tons of recipes, etc. I am fascinated to try this. I feel like I've probably only had like one of these ever. So the the pink squirrel, super easy to make, but you do have to do some shopping probably because you got to buy the creme de nuit, which is... Really hard to find unless you do find the Tempest Fugit version. If you're having a hard time finding it, you can sub. Uh, people have subbed equal parts of amaretto and grenadine, <laughs> which <laughs> sounds even sweeter than what this is. Whatever. It would just be like a like a real hipster bar to do like a Pepto Bismol version, right? Or is that even like so wild? It would have to be like a dive bar. Forget the war movie where the guy was like uh, dumping like whiskey into a into a glass on the rocks and then topping it with alk or uh, yeah p- uh, Pepto Pink Squirrel number two. That does feel like a very like dive bar move though. Like at some point there'll be one that just like you know instead of grabbing a shot of Fernet or like an Underberg, you just they have it for you. Just can't like, like hey, the little like <laughs> Harry's throwing side, up again. Sidecar of Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> yeah, he needs to chill out for a minute. Get him some Pepto-Bismol. All right, all right. Oh, it's so pink and pretty. Look at that. So what's interesting, too, about this Creme de Nio, though it's flavored flavored like almonds, tastes like almond. Um, yeah, let's cheers. Cheers to you. Smells like grandma lotion. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. We're drinking pink squirrels, guys. <laughs> wow. Um, though it tastes like almonds, the Noyu's flavored with the pits of apricots, peaches, plums, and other stone fruits. Because uh, Noyu's French for stone or kernel. So you can sub like a tiny amount. I just wouldn't go heavy on amaretto. Uh, and the easy recipe for the pink squirrel is one part creme de Noyu, one part creme de cacao, one part cream or ice cream. Blend or shake. Serve in a coupe. Garnish with the nutmeg. So super easy. You can go really light on it. You could even do like 
half ounce no creme de neo, half ounce creme de cacao, one ounce cream, or even one and a half ounce cream. You can make these really light. And I think that uh, in my research, that was something that I found with a lot of them is people like after dinner that maybe they want to have a couple of these ice cream drinks. So they're not like huge. They're not super boozy. And I imagine some like go light on dinner and just crush like a bunch of these at the end. <laughs> There's probably a few of those. <laughs> Aunt Karen is way better than a like a white Russian. Way better. Yeah, this I think is. I so too. I'll be <laughs> right back. So what I think is really cool about the pink squirrel origin wise, because we got to hit that quickly. Uh, <laughs> I think it's one of the only one of these like dessert drinks that was actually created in Wisconsin. So the pink squirrel credited to Brian Sharp at Brian's Cocktail Lounge in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 1941. The original recipe called for ice cream rather than cream. And indeed, the pink squirrel may have started life as a milkshake. Spiked with spirits prior to repeal. Considering it unnecessary in the 1960s, Bryant's second owner, Pat Malmberg, removed the creme de cacao from the original recipe. And this is how Bryant's makes their pink squirrels to this day. Um, so they do it. Bryant's, I guess they just do the uh, creme de noyau and the ice cream. Heavy double cream or ice cream. Garnish it with nutmeg, their version. Uh, and some people do uh, garnish it with some uh, shaved chocolate, the the pink squirrel and the grasshopper, which we're going to get into here. But that's the pink squirrel. Um, always thought it would be a great shots episode. But now that we're covering all of the drinks of the Wisconsin Supper Club today, uh, we had to do it. So I can't believe I'm looking at Kenneth Dedman and he's drinking yeah, a pink believe squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forced the pink squirrel on you. No, no, it's pretty it damn good. Doesn't seem too mad about it. This is no. pretty. Uh, this is pretty tasty. Pretty crushable. Cheers. Now, does anybody in your family, you know, like your your grandpas, grandmas, pink squirrels? No, pink squirrels. No, no. This this is one that. What about your I aunts and uncles? Like the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think so. This is one that you just don't see a whole lot, and I think just because of. You got to put a little more effort into the uh, liqueur shopping yep. to find that. Definitely do. Okay. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to whip up some grasshoppers real quick. How are you doing on your old fashioned over there? Oh, it's toast. Is it oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my parents lived up there in uh, Peoria. Um, it seemed like, uh, have you ever been? Mm-hmm. It seemed like it like uh, had all these elements of happen in town but like uh, but, it, but it didn't happen it didn't happen I feel like that's a lot of I think that's a lot of Midwest towns um, I mean when I when I left home like there really wasn't much of anything going on um, it's really interesting to visit back now because so many people like a lot of people that I know, like that I graduated with, have moved back and have started opening up businesses there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So now, like the old like downtown, which when I left had nothing, just a few bars and like banks. Um, but now there's different like boutiques and shops, and uh, they like revitalize the entire riverfront. And it's yeah, it's that's what I really saw pretty. in Peoria Heights, or like which is like 
kind of close to the river. Mm-hmm. Um, this, granted, this was over. It was about ten years ago, but um, kind of had like a East Nashville fifteen years ago vibe to it. Like uh, Richard Pryor's from Peoria. Really? He's my fave. Oh, still a little bit. <laughs> Oh, we're going very light on the nutmeg on this one. Yeah, so I don't nutmeg isn't typically no. <laughs> a grasshopper thing. Usually, it's just fresh mint. But I think we can stick with the uh, the beautiful nutmeg here, the freshly grated. All right, the grasshopper, my favorite of I think, the I think Wisconsin summer. If, if you're having multiple drinks that are garnished with nutmeg, you can go lighter and lighter because yeah. you can you can taste nutmeg for hours, I believe. Cheers. Thanks for the grasshopper, Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's dynamite. That's good. Wowza. Um, so uh, Liquid Gold uh, alum and veteran Kevin King. Kevin King and I made the pilgrimage to Tujax in New Orleans. And if you want a, 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 an amazing grasshopper, it is supposedly, I know a lot of places probably claim to be the birthplace of the grasshopper, but... Tujox, I believe, is the generally accepted place that invented the grasshopper. Of course, New Orleans. And Kevin and I went there on a hot day, mid-July, summer of like 2016 or something. And we crushed two in succession each. Just, I mean, it was like 100 degrees out. And they were blending these ice cream drinks. I mean, and they were just completely lime green and amazing. Topped with a little whipped cream, shaved chocolate. Ah. Incredible. Um, so if you want an amazing grasshopper, head to Two Jocks. You guys make many grasshoppers? Probably not, right? It's oh. kind of like, it's a little bit lost to time. In a blue moon, yeah. Maybe one a year. We uh, we had Jeremiah on recently, and uh, he ran the the green hour here, Absinthe Bar. And they had a, probably their most popular drink was a grasshopper riff with Absinthe. So respect to uh, to them for they they I think they still do their absinthe uh, grasshopper. But yeah, it was bartender Paul Gustings who returned to New Orleans, iconic two Jacques, uh, where he brought his personal recipe for the grasshopper, and uh, which has long been associated with that bar. Um, you can pre batch it and refrigerate it. That's one that's one way you could do it, um, and you can also add. Oh, maybe we need to do that. You can add a little bit of brandy to it. That's a nice. Uh, if you want to go pro boozy mix here, and this is this serves two people: uh, two ounces white creme de cacao, one ounce dark creme de cacao, one ounce green creme de menthe, half ounce white creme de menthe, quarter ounce brandy, four and three quarter ounces heavy cream or ice cream. Combine all ingredients in a mixing tin or a blender. Uh, Dry shake without ice, strain into a champagne flute. And if you're going to shake it without ice, you do want to pre-batch and refrigerate that. Otherwise, you can shake with some ice or blend. And I think uh, flute is how you see the grasshopper traditionally. Uh, Flutes are really nice presentation. It's typically green. Ours are not quite as green because the really nice creme de menthe that uh, Tempest Fugit has um, is white. But has a lot of really fresh mint notes. Um, so this is probably, after a big dinner at the Supper Club, this is what I'm going with. It's refreshing. So refreshing. 
Have you ever made one with uh, Bronca Menta? Oh, man. Uh, we made... Yeah. At Holland House, around the holidays one year, we were making, like, blizzards, essentially, with mm-hmm. Oreos and ice cream and Bronca Menta. I mean, we had one blender that was way at the back of the place. So, like, if anybody wanted a blender drink, you would have to, like, leave the bar, <laughs> take stuff, go to the back bar, which is back in the corner. Yep. And there was a blender back there because we didn't like the noise being up front. And we would make blender drinks with, yeah, with ice cream, with bronca menta. That, that sounds delicious. That sounds incredible. Uh, so that's definitely, that's a great call. Uh, good call out because I wasn't going to mention bronca menta. I totally forgot about that. But that that would be amazing in a grasshopper. It's pretty delicious. It just yeah. adds a whole other dimension to it. That's a good one. But now that's that you said Oreo, I really want to like crush up some Oreos on top of this thing. <laughs> yeah, you could do a little Oreo rim maybe. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, lot of holiday options you could do. Um, all right, you want to do a little booze news? Yeah, sure. All right. Fucking face, facial recognition, some bullshit. And the time has come. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Welcome. Booze news with Kenneth Dedman. All the news that's fit to drink. What's booze worthy out there, Kenneth? I'll tell you what ain't. Um,. White Claw is launching a 0% alcohol seltzer. It's fucking stupid. Do they still drink in there? But Guy Fieri, though, is wow. launching a a uh, alcoholic seltzer called Flavortown, of course. Oh, wow, of course. <laughs> um, Does it taste like donkey sauce or something like that? I don't know. You know, like uh, it's, a, it's like a cranberry orange malt. What's the cocktail like a bay, a breeze? It's like the bay vodka, breeze? orange, orange and cranberry. What's that? Sounds what do you call right. that? Bay breeze. Okay. I think that's a bay breeze. What's the other one? Like sea breeze. Gra- and that's the grapefruit one. I think so. I, I never, I never get those right. Anyway, Guy Fieri's Our got one of those. Our judges say <laughs> bay um, breeze is like Cape Cod with uh, pineapple juice, so cranberry, vodka, cranberry vodka, pineapple. Pineapple. Uh huh. That's okay. that, well. That's that's yeah. That's go the, through them all. That's the Bay Breeze. OJ grapefruit and pineapple. And then um, they're all like uh, Panama City cocktails for sure. Panama Cape City. Cod, in, Panama City. In eighty seven. The Sea Breeze is the cranberry and grapefruit. That's the Sea Breeze. Okay. Oh, this is cool. Dale Dale DeGroff has his breeze, has his own breeze that he calls the Bahia Breeze. Missing link cocktail from Dale DeGroff. Rum, pineapple juice, cranberry juice. There you go. That, oh, what, three what, a, what a genius. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Mount Fiji Distillery is celebrating 50 years of Japanese craftsmanship. Mm. Either of you ever had uh, Mount, Mount Fuji uh, whiskey? Mm-mm. Is that Mm-mm. excellent? Excellent. Only, only Japanese distillery to, to um, make a, a single malt style whiskey. Um, and um, American style whiskey and bourbon. Incredible, That's, yeah. Um, um, they're 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 renowned. They're, they're renowned. Uh, Mike from drawing all their water. This is fun. Yeah. They draw all their water from like uh, ancient volcanic aquifer, but also not uncommon. They they claim to use like melted snow. From from the mount mm-hmm. from Mount Fuji, 
which uh, we all use mostly, or at, at some point, all of the water we use in the United States comes from the continental drift. And guess what's up there? A bunch of snow. Originally uh, opened by like partnership with uh, Kieran, Chivas, and Seagram's. Independent now. Now, uh, the University of Genoa, Switzerland, has um, has designed AI that correctly identifies Bordeaux wine. Holy shit! Therefore, is therefore proving or or like beginning the process of scientifically proving terroir using uh, like a base. Uh, what do you call it? Control group of Bordeaux wines from. Uh, 1990 through uh, 2017, their uh, mach- machine learning model has correctly identified 100% of all uh, producers of, of Bordeaux with only like a 5% sample. Hmm. Pretty nuts. The new tech, uh, which I think like they, they originally were using like uh, nuclear modeling to verify old Bordeaux's now which is just like uh, measuring isotopes of, uh, of nuclear waste that are in the air um, that are very specific to each year. Pretty fascinating. Each, yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. All right, we'll keep fishing. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> worthless. Is it too much? Uh, it's too much uh, ice cream, I think. Exactly. I'm We've getting... had, our, uh, had our dinner, our after dinner. and Yeah, our pre-dinner, our <laughs> after dinner. Sticking with wine, uh, the world wine production of 2023 is expected to be almost 10% lower than following years. Wow. In some cases, um, south, south, uh, uh, in the southern hemispheres, almost every wine producing, almost every wine producer is almost at like 70-year lows. Australia, Chile, to name a few. New Zealand, however, is expecting... Um, like a five percent increase in mm. production. They're picking up oh. the slack. Something is like this that. climate change or demand? Totally climate change. Yeah, um, dry and hot in a lot of places. Uh, California uh, has a booming year, as does like uh, I, I think Austria. They're predicted to have like uh, largest productions. It's like the eighties. Damn, hmm. wasn't a big fire season in the in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, luckily didn't get a ton of the California, Colorado, all that stuff. So. Unfortunately, Canada Canada burned like a motherfucker. Canada had some... Yeah, we had the wildfire smoke from Canada mm-hmm. down here. Yep. Almost caused a war. <laughs> Just like Canadian... Ba- <laughs> was it Canadian bacon where we... Oh, yeah. Um, we invade. What's his name? Michael Moore directed that. Oh, yeah? I think so. Before he got into like documentaries. Before like, it's, Roger... It's really funny. Yeah. It's re- it's really funny movie. Alan Alda, I think, plays. Oh, I've never seen that. It's hilarious. John Candy, I think, is in it. Yeah, yeah, it's a John. Ca- yeah, it's great. What what was the fucking premise other than just like taking over Canada? It was us invading Canada, like <laughs> just kind of on. What a was limb. their reason? <laughs> a slight of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't guess you got to do much to offend an American enough to. Invade somebody else. Invade someone else. Mm-hmm. In a desperate bid to revive his abysmal peacetime approval rating, the president of the United States, played by Alan Alda, agrees to a scheme proposed by corrupt cabinet member Stu Smiley, played by Kevin Pollack, 
and launches a top-secret propaganda campaign to vilify Canada. As U.S. citizens get caught up in a xenophobic hysteria, a group of residents of Niagara, New York, wielding machine guns, organize a vigilante invasion that could trigger a real war with America's gentle neighbor to the north. (laughs) Director Michael Moore. That's amazing. Stars John Candy, Alan Alda. Yeah, Rhea Perlman, Rip Torn, Bill Nunn. Up until like come on. Up until like 2015, 2016, like that would be regarded as a nice comedy premise. After 2016, it sounds like uh, just like shit, a real, a little too close real, to real, a real yeah. thing. Holy shit! Maybe again next year too. <laughs> Kenneth's caffeine dex is high. Uh, California restaurants <laughs> are instituting vomit fees for guests that can't handle <laughs> bottomless brunch. Wow. Kaboom. How, how's that for like uh, limited liability? You can, you can feed them like fucking like rat shit. <laughs> make I want to institute make a, that. Make a freaking <laughs> killing. Wow. It's like when you get the charge for like throwing up in an Uber. Everyone yeah. should institute that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, how many times have you done that? I'm how just much saying. Is that? <laughs> Never in an Uber. <laughs> uh, I had Once a friend, in an actual cab. <laughs> oh, I had a friend, uh, a nameless Nashville bartender. This would be about 10 years ago. You know, Fireball. So, uh, Fireball um, used to throw like industry parties mm-hmm. where they would like promote like Nash- like all bartenders in town to come and drink free fireball at a certain place uh this is like uh it was a while back but i remember like i had a few friends that went and they were like bugging me like come on you gotta come down and i'm like uh like who the fuck wants to drink uh free fireball all night or even for like 10 minutes i got some info on the, on the vomit fee anyway there's also a reddit what there's also a Reddit for the vomit fee on Uber. <laughs> oh yeah, it's hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. So Damn. you throw up in an Uber, hundred fifty bucks. I I would, that doesn't seem like too much if you plan on doing it. It's kind of a big hit though if you like had a big night at the bars and you're like buying shots for everybody. It's like one of those like. You're looking at your credit card statement the next day. And you're like, God damn! Like, oh, that's quite the uh, did service what? charge. And then Uber's <laughs> like surge fee, vomit fee. <laughs> He <laughs> took a $300 Uber home. Oh, man. But hey, be well, safe this holiday season. Well, take I, take the ride. I took drink a, responsibly. Um, Throw the keys. I took a cab to, to that um, to that fireball party, right? Mm-hmm. And um, as we were pulling up on the building. I took a cab to the fireball <laughs> party. It's the start of a really Dude, bad I, situation. I never got out of the cab. That was the thing. It's like... <laughs> Like, we pulled up on the party, and, like, we were coming up. Uh, this was, uh, like, a old, like, uh, live venue that's gone now called 12th and Porter. We came we came up behind the building, and there was, like, a guy on all fours crawling on the sidewalk. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh. You go around the corner, and there was, like, there was, like, a fight, a fist fight, a guy arguing with his girlfriend, all this man. Pro tip: all So if you over. take a cab to a Dude, fireball like, party, circle the block. It was like circle patient block, zero Gabby. of Survey. a zombie apocalypse. Because like two of my friends came running up. I was getting out and just kind of looking, and like uh, my two friends that were there were running up to the cab, <laughs> like get out of here. Like, 
Kenneth. Yeah, I was like, okay, like let's go back to my place, and then one of them immediately threw up in the in the yellow cab while my meter while my meter was running. It's like the premise for a public service announcement, like fireball. Not even once. Oh my gosh! Yeah, (laughs) very good. That's great. Good ad read. Wowza! Amazing. Typically a $50 fee in these California restaurants. $50. Bottomless mimosas. They're going to get you every time. That's amazing. Wow. Well done, California. And that's Boosters. You're welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Really appreciate it. Good stuff as always. Booze News with Kenneth Detman. Um, Rachel, excited about anything coming up? Uh, I know we got plenty of holiday drinks rolling and... Holiday drinks rolling. I'm doing a holiday cocktail class on the 15th. Pretty excited about that. Just all of the uh, festive vibes and uh, kind of a choose your own adventure for um, holiday cocktail making, kind of providing everybody with a big variety of ingredients and then coaching them through creating their own recipes. Cool. And that's really uh, something cool you do over there at uh, Nelson's. So check that out at nelsonsgreenbriardistillery.com. You can find out info on the cocktail classes and all that. You can book those on talk. There will be plenty more of the cocktail classes. Um, So yeah, come visit us. The bar is open Monday through Sunday. Restaurants Wednesday through Sunday. We do brunch every Sunday from 10 to 3. Um, So yeah, come see us over there. Come come have uh, some of Rachel's amazing drinks. Try the secret menu. Always get the secret menu. Secret. Stay thirsty so like uh real quick before we shut this down mike i know mm. where you're, you're trying to end this shit mm. but uh this uh this nelson greenbrier uh american brandy mm. is that available mm-hmm. in stores or do you have to go straight to the source I have to, to go it? to the distillery limited limited Try production our... right now oh yeah is that sort of thing oh like, yeah uh, can you, only get it you there. probably you probably made a lot of it but you're just making everyone go there. That's well, pretty small like, batch. Uh, they sell it in the store. In the mm, store, don't they, sell it in the store. Yeah, yeah. How get... much did y'all make? Like y'all made a lot, or you made a, a little? handful of cases. You're not gonna say how many you made. Nah, uh, I can't tell you that. It's not a big. I'm sorry, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. Twenty cases. Um, so you gotta go down. You gotta go down there. We got the Shotzi Nelson vodka. Brothers Greenbrier to taste this brandy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Say it again. The we got the Shotzi vodka, the dry gin. I made a dry vermouth so we can make martinis and 50-50s. Oh, nice. We have a vermouth for Manhattans. It's delightful. And we have it tomorrow now. So we've got a lot of really amazing stuff to taste along with the new rye, all the cask finishes. The black briar just came out. So there's a lot going on there. Badass. Um, so yeah, we will see you over there. Kenneth, we'll come see you at Husk. Buy the book. Cheer, a liquid gold holiday drinking guide. Buy that for your friends, your family. 160 recipes, tons of holiday content multiple chapters just about this season that we're in right now rachel thanks so much rachel ramirez lead beverage at greenbrier at nelson's greenbrier distillery thanks for being here thanks for having me thanks for making the uh shout out to your your family up in wisconsin hopefully we didn't botch uh wisconsin supper club do they say that oh they'll they'll let us know they'll let us know they will let us know (laughs) shout out to michael eads and everybody at we own this town check out all the pods at weownthistown.net jess hash Jessica Hash and for the logo and Upright T-Rex music for the tunes we will see you next time later Tater check us out on Instagram at liquidgold underscore pod on the web at liquidgold.show American <laughs>